What's up, tribe? It is Michael Fleming coming at you with yet another episode of Find Your Voice, where we talk about the continual improvement of the health, wealth, and the relationships within your dental organization. And I am so excited to come to you today. Uh, It's Monday here in real time, November 11th, uh, also known as Veterans Day. As I'm pulling out of the neighborhood here, there's a ton of flags throughout the neighborhood. So for those of you that are listening that uh, have served and are a veteran, I'm very grateful for your service. Uh, I do not take that lightly. I personally myself have not served, but I am well aware that uh, without your sacrifice and without your commitment, uh, I would not be able to live in the state of abundance where I'm at. I am very well aware that the United States of America is one of the best countries in the world. I have done some travel abroad and uh, not to say that those other countries aren't beautiful in their own right, but it's always really nice to come back home to the United States of America. I know sometimes uh, people get complacent uh, and sometimes they may not feel that grateful. And I know that for you that that could be uh, frustrating, especially for the sacrifice and commitment that you've made. So know that uh, I am absolutely grateful for your service. So that being said, I wanted to kind of kick off this episode and start talking to you about kind of what the core of why this podcast even started to exist, which of course is media, media selection and advertising, right? And if you haven't bought the book yet, go buy the book. Just go to Amazon, type in dental marketing. You'll find uh, dental marketing, find your voice by Michael Fleming. Go and get that because that is pretty much your Bible to everything that I talk about in all of these podcasts, right? It is really built around the kind of those three foundations of your marketing and communications efforts, which is really, you know, finding your voice, using your voice and listening to the crowd and measuring that return on investment. So kind of pulling a chapter or pulling a piece from that today, it's really kind of talking about, you know, media and media selection to share your message, right? I mean, are you ever sick and tired of trying to figure out which media is right for your marketing message, right? Uh, I know sometimes, if you're having a, a marketing campaign that's focused around implants, right? A lot of people are keeping it one-dimensional and they're putting those efforts online, right? And then the next month they might be doing an Invisalign campaign, right? Completely different demographic, but they're using the same thing because a lot of, and this is something that I talk about in the book Ad Nauseum, is you know so many of our efforts are one-dimensional and they're tried to be sold as multi-dimensional, right? Because there's there's different aspects of your digital marketing. And and I've talked about this quite a bit is there's so many like quote unquote dental marketing companies that are out there that are really just selling digital marketing solutions. And that's amazing. That's awesome. But they're not calling it digital marketing. They're calling it dental marketing. And so for those of us that, or for those of you that aren't that well versed in marketing and advertising, because that's not what you went to school for. That's not what you got your degree in. That's not what you're paid for. Uh, this is why you subcontract these things out. This is probably why you're listening to me is because they're not the masters at the marketing and communications of their business, right? And so that's why they're looking for help. They're looking to bring in help. They're looking to bring in advisors that really know best practices of how to handle their marketing and communications for them, right? But so many of these organizations are coming in as digital marketing solutions, but then what they'll do is they'll have this aspect where it's like, oh, okay, your website, that's one portion, right? And then your social media marketing, that's going to be another portion of that. And then 
your email advertising or whatever that is, right? And they'll, they'll package together three, four, five of these digital marketing solutions. But then the way that they're positioning them, it makes it feel like you've got, you know, what's the analogy I'm looking for? The A fishing line, it's like you've got lines in different ponds, right? Trying to pull from different ponds. But the reality of it is, is you're fishing from the same pond as opposed to when you start looking at other solutions in addition to digital marketing. Because again, I'm not telling you to stop your digital marketing solutions. That That is not what I'm saying at all. Because in fact, I'm a massive believer in that. In fact, if you've been listening to me, you know that that's one of the cores that you need to have. You need to make sure that you've got a, a good, strong online presence. But it can't just be one-dimensional, right? There's so many other media that are available to you that are really relevant to you based on what you're trying to accomplish. And that's really what the focus of this podcast is today is start to talk about different media that is relevant at different times for you, right? And then so specifically, we're going to be talking about, we'll talk about some digital media, we'll talk about some traditional media, uh, and we'll talk about some non-traditional media as well, just to kind of start planting that seed of when to start thinking of different solutions for your marketing and communications message, right? So one of the things that I always like to refer to is, or talk about, well, well, let's go back to the foundations that I've talked about in the past. If you haven't listened to previous podcasts where I've talked about the foundations, uh, one of the things we learned very early was the foundation. Sorry, well, I take a drink. Uh, the foundations that you need to be having for your marketing and communication efforts are one, your online presence, right? And so this includes your, your website. This includes your search engine optimization efforts. This includes your paid advertisements if you're doing that, right? And then the second portion is your direct response marketing, right? So it's basically two different channels, if you will. Uh, First is your online. The second is your direct response. And the direct response comes in the form nine times out of 10 as your uh, direct mail marketing, right? And the difference between the two is that the online portion is going to be more like the old yellow pages. It's more of the reference. It's more of when people are looking or seeking your information, right? It is for the ouch patient. It's for that emergency patient. It is for the person who moves to a new area and they need a dentist for their kids or for themselves. It's for the person seeking that information, right? And so the the analogy that I use is that they're trying to pull that information, right? So that's a great pull media for them. You need to have a good, strong online presence so that when people are looking, you need to make sure that you're in that top three in the organic search and or doing your uh, paid efforts to make sure that you are in the running because people aren't going to be clicking to that second or third page more times than not, right? Unless they're really seeking something more, uh, something specific, right? Maybe it's like natural... Uh, or holistic type of dentistry, who knows, right? If someone's really seeking a specific niche type of service, they might dig uh, a couple pages deep. But for the most part, there's so many people that are advertising and so many other people that are out there that there's going to be ample selection on that, that front page between the paid advertisements and the 10 organic search offerings that are available to the, the user, right? So again, massive, just like I said earlier, 
not to be one dimensional, but the first thing that comes out of my mouth is the digital marketing solutions, right? Is making sure that you are available so that when people do want to pull that information, that you are available to them. The second is the direct response. And I call that the push media, right? This is the one that uh, for direct mail, for example, this is the one that is pushed to them when they're not expecting it whatsoever, right? And so this is the user interfaces. You've got a user that's going through their inbox and they're going through and they're sorting through uh, their mail and they happen to come across your postcard and, you know, nine times out of 10, it's not relevant for them. But for the, the percentage of people that it is relevant to, that's the one where it reminds them, oh, wow, it's been a while since I've been to the dentist or oh my gosh, we just moved to the neighborhood and that's right, we need to make sure that we get a new dentist for our family. Whatever that is, it's it's trying to create an exchange of value and a reminder that this service is important for them. Because again, 100% of the population needs your, your services. They need to make sure that they're going to a dentist, right? The only question is whether or not they're going to come to you. And so that's the difference between the two is having that push media and having that pull media, right? So those are the kind of the foundations. But aside from that, is there's also a lot of differences within the demographics. And oftentimes we get stuck into, and, and myself included, is once we start talking about demographics, we go right to age or we go right to income, right? But another demographic to be aware of is, you know, different types of learning style, right? Or different types of preferred uh, interaction, right? Or perceived, uh, how, how they like to receive their media, right? And I, I go into depth in this in my, my book as well, uh, Dental Marketing, Find Your Voice, where we talk about the different types of learning styles. And this is oftentimes how people prefer to communicate. And we've got that, the, the auditory, where people like to listen. We've got the visual, where people like to see. And then we've got the kinesthetic where people like to touch, right? And those are like the three main learning styles, which this is also, we call it the learning style, but it's also how people prefer to receive information. So whether it's formal learning or not, this is how they like to discover. And so this is kind of a different demographic as well. So oftentimes we'll talk about, oh, direct mail serves a little bit more of a mature audience or digital offers a little bit more of a younger audience, right? Or depending on the digital, you know, whether it's Facebook could be a little bit older. If it's Insta, it's going to be a little bit younger, whatever that that mix is, right? But there's also something to be said about, you know, when we talk about that direct mail, that kinesthetic approach, people have to touch it and it's real and it's tangible, right? As opposed to, you know, I get on my digital device and it becomes numbing after a little bit, right? You start scrolling and it's like an endless scroll. So whether it's Insta or Facebook, for example, or heck, even my inbox, my my email inbox, it becomes this endless scroll where there's no, there's never an end. And so it does reach a point where it's kind of numbing as opposed to you step back to clearing out your mailbox. And that's truly like, I think the objective of everyone is trying to get through that mailbox without interacting with too many bills uh, or past due notices or whatever that is, right? Not too many of us are getting uh, a pile of checks in their in their um, mailbox anymore. Might be a few. That's why that's why it keeps it it keeps it interesting for us to do our mail sort right. But uh, joking aside, I mean, a lot of us when we're going through our, our mailbox, we're really looking just to clear it off and get it off get it off the 
countertop and get it into the recycling or get bills paid or get communications taken care of based on what that response is, right? And so when they're going through and they get a nice high quality piece, even if they're going to recycle it, they still interact with it. They still touch it. They still need to see it. And for those of us that are kinesthetic, myself included, I'm raising my hand here. I'm very kinesthetic. Um, it's, it's something different, right? And it captures their attention. And that's what we're looking at doing, especially as our attention spans continue to get shorter and shorter. Um, I think the most recent study that I read is that we have seven seconds to grab someone's attention. And if we haven't grabbed that attention within seconds, seconds, we've, we've lost them, right? And so that's kind of the idea. And we go into this in great detail when we go through our direct mail projects as well, right? Because you'll, you'll get a little bit of interest when they touch it. And they're like, oh, this is a high quality piece. But then after that, then we've got seven seconds to keep their attention. Otherwise, they're gone and they're on to, on to the next piece, right? So very similar with this media. It's like sometimes older, but oftentimes it's really going to resonate with the kinesthetic. Anyway, I also wanted to talk about, you know, other types of non-traditional type of media, right? Uh, here in Houston, uh, I can literally look out my window and up up the highway, because I'm right on Highway 69, uh, right up the highway, there is a billboard. I can't divulge who the client is, right? Because it's not my client, but uh, I'm not sure if I can divulge that. It's not mine to divulge, so I can't share that information, but it's a dentist here in town that is doing uh, billboard advertising, and it's cool. I'm not sure how effective it is, but it's cool. And I think where it captures my attention is, A, not only am I in advertising, but there's not a ton of people that are doing it, right? And I think that's what really uh, makes it intriguing for me to see is that, wow, I'm a huge believer in out-of-home and sometimes non-traditional out-of-home, but you don't see that a lot in dentistry. So I'm intrigued to see uh, this billboard up the highway. And I should also note, that it's a multi-practice, not sure I'd call them a DSO, but we can call them a DSO. There's some multiple locations in their organization, but I've seen multiple billboards and I'm a big believer in action speak stronger than words. And if you see someone doing something like this and they're doing it on, on multiple different locations, chances are it is working for them. So I applaud their efforts in going on at, towards something that's different, that's non-traditional and just trying that out. And the big part, though, that you also know that I'm a big believer in is figuring out that return on investment and making sure that it's a responsible investment, right? Because this is something that, you know, rewind back to, say, 2006, 2007, there was a lot of people that were doing a lot of funky advertising because the economy was so amazing. And it's kind of like today, the, today's economy is amazing. And they had a ton of money out and a ton, a ton of different outlets. And they weren't necessarily tracking ROI for each of the different media. So that when, you know, 2000, end of 2007, 2008 hit, um, we had a bunch of people that had a bunch of different lines in different waters, but they weren't necessarily sure of what was providing what value. And so what they wound up doing was they wound up cutting everything all because they saw all of their advertising and marketing as an expense and they cut everything. And then it left them guessing as to what do we do now? And of course, what they wound up doing was going back to the cores that I always continue to talk about. And this is why is your website for that pool. Uh, So when they want to pull that information and then your direct response media, which is that push. So when we're pushing and they're, they're good, solid foundations and they're sustainable. And that's the whole idea. Again, the company that I work with, uh, that I helped found innovate dental marketing, 
we actually don't operate on any contracts. So every relationship that we have with all of our clients is organic and sustainable, and we're doing it without a contract. They're, they're working with us month after month after month, not because we're, they're shackled to a contract, but because it works and it's sustainable, and we continue to go back and we continue to review results. We continue to go back and plan, and we can c- continue to go back and course correct because not everything we come up with is perfect and not everything that not every idea that our clients come up with is perfect as well. But that's why we keep our finger on the pulse and we make sure that you know what we are doing is responsible and recurring and generating re- revenue because that's at the end of the day that's what we're measured to is to make sure that that revenue is coming in and that they're able to continue to do this month after month after month. Otherwise, it's not sustainable and you can't do that. And that's not our point. We're not trying to sell branding, right? That's kind of like a branding message, right? Well, you need to be out there for uh, seven or eight impressions before people will wind up taking that, taking action on the ninth impression. That's not what we're doing. We're not a Mercedes Benz. We're not selling something that's vanity. We're not selling something that's sexy. What we're doing is we're providing marketing and communications for a commodity product that everybody needs, but nobody wants. Right. And I've said that a few times. Right. Uh, but it's true. I mean, and that's why it's important for us to acknowledge that for what it is and not try to make it something that it's not and just acknowledge that and celebrate that and realize that, you know, this is what we're providing. This is the value that we're providing and we know that everybody needs it. So how can we package that in a way that is easy for them to, receive that information. So now that we've talked about a couple different types of media, let's talk about the application of that. You know, let's talk about, you know, when do we start looking at different media for different types of communication so that we have a good understanding of like, okay, this is really a good time to use this, right? So for example, let's even go crazy with the uh, out of home. Let's start with the crazy first, right? Let's go with that out of home, that billboard that's on the side of uh, Highway 69 here, right? Let's look at what that media is. And I do go into into this w- with some greater detail in my book, Dental Marketing, Find Your Voice, where we talk about really working with the media provider to gain a good understanding of who their population is that they serve. Does that make sense? Because again, this is what we're looking at providing is we're not looking at just using a media for the sake of using a media. And this is why I keep going back to the digital solutions as well. Everyone wants to have digital solutions. Everyone wants to have digital solutions. But, you know, if you're trying to sell uh, dentures or provide denture services, I might argue that digital might not be the perfect media for you to start with. Does that make sense? I'm not saying not to have a presence, right? But it may not be the perfect one to start with. There might be some better media that is available to you that might be a little better. But let's, let's stay on track here with our billboard here right off of Highway 69. If I go to the, uh, and I'm just pulling up to work right now. I'm looking at a billboard that's right out here on Highway 69, and it says out front. So that's going to be the media provider, right? I could literally call up out front media and ask them, okay, hey, I've got a client. Oh, I see farther down the, the highway. It looks like a clear channel billboard, right? That's one of the big players, right? And I could call clear channel or out front, whoever that is, and say, okay, I'm looking at, you know, doing some advertising for one of my clients, but I need to get a better understanding of, you know, who is your audience. And from that point, they're going to be able to provide me with uh, demographics uh, based on the travel area. So it's not just based on the people that live around a uh, a certain area or live in that area. Since 69 is such a major 
uh, freeway, they're going to include demographics from north and south, you know, basically people heading into Houston, people heading back out of Houston to give a, a good understanding of who's traveling that highway. And that'll give us a good understanding of, so for example, I travel in from Sh- Sugarland, and it's fair to say that it could be, uh, I mean, at least the demographic of my family, you know, it's going to be uh, 40-year-olds with kids, uh, you know, because we're out in the suburbs, right? And so lots of like family-centric, uh, there might be some more mature populations out there. I think Del Webb's got a community out there that's like seniors focused, so there's going to be a good mix. But again, I'm guessing right now, just to kind of share some examples from you, the nice thing about working with these media companies that are providing that media is they can give you very specific information in regards to the demographics that are traveling these roads. Uh, They can also tell you uh, how many impressions or how many people are going to be seeing this every month as well. So that helps you gain gain a better understanding of, you know, who's going to be seeing it and how many times are they going to be seeing it. And how old are they get a good idea of that demographic? And then based on that, you know, you're going to get a good understanding. And I'm talking to to this almost like as a a media provider where I would gather this information for my clients, right? For you, you could even go in backwards where you could call someone like myself or uh, a clear channel and you could tell them, okay, hey, I'm looking at doing uh, an Invisalign campaign, right? We've got some some great offerings that we partnered up with Invisalign. And so we're going to offer this, you know, this special, whatever it is. Uh, It's going to be a free consultation. Come on in for a free consultation and we'll get you set up, whatever that, whatever that exchange value is. Right. But here's what we're looking for. We're looking for this demographic. And I know depending on, you know, based on the clients that we work with that provide Invisalign, there's certain people that like to work with different types of populations or, or different types of age groups. Right. So for your example, it might be, oh man, this would be perfect. Invisalign might be perfect for, you know, we're looking for college educated females from, from the age of, you know, 28 to, you know, 42, whatever that is. Right. And then you could basically see based on the area, the different areas of like, especially something massive, like the Houston Metro area, they're going to be able to, to tell you here, you're, you want to be heading more towards closer to downtown, uh, closer to Memorial, whatever that area is, right? As opposed to, you know, out towards me, but they're going to be able to tell you, you know, these are the preferred areas based on the demographic that you're using. That way you can take that message to that area, right? And the reason I tell you this, because again, is there is the media of out of home media and or non-traditional media, but there's also the placement and the location of where that's at. And that's the biggest part of this is making sure that not only a, the choice of media, but where that's going to be located as well, right? Another example of that, I've gone into great detail in both uh, earlier podcasts as well as my book is newspaper is another great example, right? There's not a ton of people that, at least not a ton of people that I interact with that functionally use newspaper. I think the last time I touched a newspaper was last week in Chicago. The, the hotel was, you know, they had a stack of Wall Street journals in the in the lobby and I just grabbed it to kind of browse the, the front page, right? But you know, envision the last time you sat down with a newspaper and kind of consumed its material. You know, you might have a favorite section that you start with. I know my kids, I know when we were back in Portland, we would actually purchase newspapers uh, so that we could start our wood stove. <laughs> so, but of course you bring that that home and the kids, you know, love to go to the comic section, right? Or my son Noah would love to dive into the uh, sports section, right? 
or my wife might love to go to the real estate sections or the home and garden section, right? Everyone kind of had their section, right? So, and the point I bring back to you is the media is newspaper, right? But then there's also the location of where you want to place that ad, right? I mean, are we looking at, you know, if it's a college educated female from, you know, 28 to 42, you know, do we want to put that in the sports section? Maybe. I doubt. I doubt it. No. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking for a college educated male that's, you know, 28 to 42, the sports section might be perfect or the business section might be perfect. Right. Uh, if we're looking at working towards a younger uh, crowd or an older crowd, uh, that placement or the section of the newspaper can be imperative. Right. Because there are certain sections of the newspaper similar to like the home and garden. I never interact with that. I never do that. Uh, I couldn't tell you, you know, I, I, I just know it exists because as I'm flipping through, I'm like, oh, okay, there's that section, that section that I never actually look at. But there there is probably not a sports section that I haven't torn through whenever I see a newspaper, just to kind of see, you know, what's going on, look for those pictures, look for those stats, look and see what's happening, look and see if there's any trades, right? Um, I know there's also sections on financial, business and finance. I'm not, I'm not big into that. I don't do that, right? But there's others that are uh, young and old and professional that, you know, absolutely sink their teeth into that section. Right. So it's really, again, and that's a great example of what we were just talking about, uh, where you talk with the media provider to get a good understanding of who's reading what. And I guarantee you, if you talk to your local newspaper, they're going to be able to tell you exactly who is consuming their material and which sections are more popular for which demographics. So again, if you went to that newspaper, uh, and we were looking at, again, we're looking for college educated females that are 28 to 42 years old, you know, what sections are best suited for them. They're going to be able to tell you, oh, you know, actually it's the classifieds. They, they love the classifieds or maybe it's the home and gardens or whatever that is. They're going to have the data and the research to be able to place you in the areas that are most relevant to that demographic. Does that make sense? And again, I'm not promoting newspaper for a 28 to 42 year old male or female, but I'm not, not either. Right. Cause again, you've got the, the kinesthetic old souls that absolutely love to consume a newspaper. And that's awesome. Again, how many Invisalign treatments do we need or how many implants do we need to be able to pay for this? Right. It's, it's not, we don't necessarily need to touch every single 28 to 42 year old female to get a ton of, a ton of money. Right. We just need to get a few to be able to really kill your campaign and kill. I meant kill in a positive way, not a, not a negative way, right? To kill it. So that's an example of, we kind of started with the abstract or the non-traditional, like out of home, but that's really what we're looking at doing is it's like pairing. Think of it as pairing, right? It's similar to like pairing a good wine with your, your dinner, right? Are we, if we're going to have pasta, are we going to, pasta with red sauce, we're probably going to want to pair that with like a red wine, right? As opposed to if it's summer and lighter fare and, and fish, we're probably looking more towards, you know, whites. I'm not a wine drinker, by the way, I could have that backwards. So don't, uh, <laughs> don't chastise me. Uh, if we were looking at pairing beers, I might be able to pair a little better. But, but anyway, very similar when we're pairing our media, we need to have our message in mind. And then we start to build our media around that, right? And I think that's an important distinguishing factor when we're putting together our media is, is having that end in mind so that we have a good understanding of who we're looking to attract. Uh, very, very funny story. 
of back when, when Cody and I were first getting started with Innovate, we were probably about two years into business and we sat down with a dentist in Portland, Oregon. And this dentist was, he was a, a oh, it's a great way to describe this, this dentist, uh, a little dry, kind of had a, like a dry sense of humor. And there was times where you weren't sure if he was joking or if he was serious. You know what I mean? There was a couple of times where you thought he was joking and, and you'd laugh and then he would laugh. He's like, oh, oh shit, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> and then there was other times where we wouldn't laugh and he would start busting out because it clearly was a joke. We're like, okay, great. This is, this is awesome. I don't quite understand this, but hang in there, right? This is going to make sense. He was telling a story of, you know, how he had been using direct mail in a previous life. And one of the key learnings that he had was the importance of the visual, the importance of the imagery that is on the postcard. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we absolutely believe in that. And we absolutely have uh, knowledge of that and an understanding of that. But his understanding came from a piece that he had done uh, before where it was a, a picture of, it was like meant to be like a funny picture where it was uh, a dog that was getting their teeth brushed right? Or it was like a dog brushing their own teeth. It was meant to be like kind of funny. Oh, you know, get your teeth cleaned or whatever. I, I don't even know what the message was, right? But but the point he was trying to make is it was a, an image of a dog get, get, with their teeth getting brushed. And what was happening is they were getting phone calls of people that had dogs that wanted to get their teeth cleaned. Even though like if you read the message, it was totally general dentistry meant for human beings. But it, but they were trying to be kitschy. They were trying to be funny by having this dog brush their teeth. And all of a sudden People were taking action based on what they saw. And what they saw was a dog getting their teeth clean. And so he had a bunch of people that were trying to get their dog's teeth clean, right? Even though it was very clear, like, this is a general dentist, right? Another image from the same client that he had also learned from, and this was actually from working with us, was that that we found this amazing image of this young woman that was getting her teeth cleaned and uh, was, you know, very attractive, uh, very charismatic. And the one thing that this doctor learned was they started getting a bunch of calls, but the image that was on this postcard was that of a young professional woman aged probably, you know, 28 to 32. And so all of a sudden what happened, you know, was exactly just like the dog, uh, postcard, right? Was that he started getting a bunch of like 28 to 32 year old women that were calling and scheduling appointments. And his based, his basic learning was that that's not the demographic that I'm really comfortable serving. He's like, uh, he was a, a little farther in his career. His wheelhouse was really probably more of like the 45 to 55, you know, male and female. Right. But that was really like who he, A, he felt comfortable working with B who they felt comfortable receiving services from and B, he probably liked working with a more mature population that had more of a need, but I just made that guess. But it was very interesting where he's like, Ooh, we need to change that image because I'm, I'm killing it. I'm getting a bunch of great response, but that's not really the demographic that I'm looking at serving. And it was like, Oh, very interesting. And so, you know, again, finding out what we're looking to promote and being careful with our image, right. And being careful, careful with how we position it, because what we put out in front of the public is what we're going to get back in response. And so that's why we want to think with the end in mind and know that what we're putting out there is probably what we're going to get back in response. So, you know, just 
little tribal knowledge to share with you. Write that down. Take those notes because those are some funny stories, but you know, things to definitely take in mind. And, and especially as an advertiser yourself, there's so many people that I'll sit down with to talk about advertising with them. And they'll just tell me, oh, I tried that once. It didn't work. You tried it. You tried it once. What do you mean you tried it once and it didn't work? Uh, I can't tell you how many people I've sat down with to talk about, you know, whether it's their website or their search engine optimization or their Google ads or their direct mail. And they'll say, yeah, yeah, oh, direct mail. I tried that once like three years ago and it, it just didn't work. What do you mean it didn't work? I've got businesses that are, you know, getting a, a 15 to one response, a, a 20 to one response on their direct mail. So for every 15, for every dollar that they're putting in, they're getting $15 back in response. And you're telling me it, it doesn't work. And these are companies that, you know, spend millions and millions of dollars on advertising every year. Uh, it works. But what doesn't work or when it doesn't work is, you know, oftentimes the message that's going out there, right? So creating some kind of exchange of value or some kind of compelling reason for them to take action. Um, or maybe it's the demographic that it's going to. Maybe you're sharing the wrong message, right? Maybe we're trying to attract, um, you know, 26 to 30 year old females with an Invisalign campaign. And we build it around that and all of the imagery and all of the messaging is around that. But then we go and we hide that in the sports section of the newspaper, right? Maybe it's something completely like not intuitive. And I'm not saying that you're not going to get a few responses from that, right? But for the most part, that's not really going to be the demographic that's going to be reading the sports section. Now, I'm just making that up because I don't rep for a newspaper. So they may come back and be like, hey, look, it, that's on the rise. So it could be. But again, we're not going to get that information. We're, we're going to get that information directly from the newspaper provider or the media provider to know exactly what's current right now. But again, the point being is, you know, if someone says it doesn't work, it's because they didn't do it right. Does that make sense? And the mo most important thing is you didn't do it right once. Does that make sense? So we need to be resilient. We need to be able to go back. We need to be able to look and see, okay, yeah, 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 we tried that, but it didn't work. But you need to dig and find out, well, why didn't it work? Did we send it to the wrong people? Did we not have a compelling message? Was the timing wrong, right? Did we try and wrap, you know, a certain message around the wrong time of year, right? So again, I mean, when you think about dentistry, we've got, you know, certain spikes throughout. Everyone's kind of got their natural spikes and their, their valleys throughout the year, right? You know, obviously, there's not a ton going on in dentistry from Christmas through, through New Year's, right? There's not a ton going on uh, during spring break or, you know, summers can be challenging, right? Back to school, there's natural peaks and valleys and natural opportunities that arise. You know, I know that back to school is actually a massive opportunity because that's when things start to settle back down. I also know, you know, when you talk about spring breaks, I know that's a massive opportunity for uh, procedures like larger procedures for kids such as wisdom teeth, for example, uh, teeth extraction, because it's a great way for them to, they've got time off from school and we can get them in the chair and they can heal up while they're on vacation. Very similar with the beginning of summer, right? If there's been an extraction or wisdom teeth, you know, something that's been put off, we wait until they're done with school and then they've got time to heal back up. So there's certain times where certain messages are more relevant than others. So that being said, you know, do we go back to, um, hey, it's back to school. Now's the perfect time to get your wisdom teeth pulled. No, because the kids are going back to school and they don't have the time to heal up. 
right? But that same message of wisdom teeth extraction might be incredibly relevant. And I could tell you this from tribal knowledge right before spring break or right before summer, because this is when people are going to have time off and they are going to be able to do this. Probably not so relevant during the holidays, but maybe again, you know, some people are getting two weeks off and I'm not sure that's what I want to do during my holiday vacation, but it is a time that if it's a big need, it can be done because they're going to have that time off. So do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's having that multidimensional approach of, of not just saying, ah, I want to sell more of this. It's it's having that end in mind of, yes, I want to sell this, but here's who I want to sell it to. And then at that point, that's when you can start to look and see, well, here's how I'm going to sell it, right? So let's let's run down this, this Invisalign rabbit hole uh, really quick, right? Let's say I want more Invisalign cases, right? And here's the, the desired demographic of who I've really kind of seen a rise in and I think there's a lot more opportunity. We're going to go after that, you know, 28 to, to 45 year old college educated female, right? So now we've identified, you know, the product, which is Invisalign. We've identified the demographic, which is the college educated female, uh, 28 to, to 45 years old. And now we start to look for the media that is best going to serve this demographic, right? And direct mail is always a great way to do this because again, uh, and I'm not... I'm not going to say that, you know, what, what can I say without offending anyone? I know back in when I was working with uh, Clipper Magazine, which was a, uh, a subsidiary of Gannett at the time, I know that females were a massive part of our focus for direct mail. And they were traditionally identified as decision makers of the household. And I'm not sure if they were more kinesthetic than the male counterparts or if they just got to the mailbox first. But I know that a lot of the advertising and marketing that we were pushing towards was really geared towards the female as opposed to the male, right? So can we bring that back to bringing that tribal knowledge back to what we're talking about and linking that to what we're doing? Direct mail could be a massive opportunity for this, uh, this very similar segment that we used to market to as well. Uh, the other options are obviously with digital. Uh, we have, and if you've been, if you've read my book or if you've uh, been listening to any of my other podcasts as well, IP targeting could be a massive opportunity here because we can really identify, you know, these specific segments. So back to the direct mail, right? If, a, if we're doing a campaign, so if I was doing this campaign for you, the, the things that I would be recommending is obviously uh, going to be digital in the form of Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it's going to be on your website. We're going to create a funnel page that educates and converts. Uh, we're also going to be talking about direct mail because it's that kinesthetic approach. So talking about other ways for people to experience this message. But then we'd also be talking about IP targeting because from that direct mail list, that physical list of addresses, I can also go find the IP addresses that are linked to these. And then we can also start to touch them with a digital approach as well. And this is where it starts to compound, right? This is where we start to have that multifaceted approach of you've got the visual approach coming through the say like your google display network right but then you've also got that kinesthetic approach of the postcard that's entering the same household as well and that can really compound your your return on investment as well so that's just kind of a way to start thinking and i know kind of closing the loop on this as we started talking about this of you know are you sick and tired of trying to figure out the right media of how to do this. You know, one of the things that I wrapped up every single chapter with in my book is also, you know, know when to ask for help, you know, because this does get deep quick. And as much as I 
create these episodes for you to really try and chunk it down and break it down so that it's more consumable pieces. The pool still does get deep quick and know that at some point there's probably a good time to reach out and use your resources and not necessarily do it yourself. Uh, we call this, you know, knowing the who, not the how. You know, a lot of what we're talking about here is really planting the, the seeds for you to be able to build the foundation of learning how to do this. But it also reaches a point where, especially if you're an office manager, right, or you're the the, the practice owner, the, the, the dentist and practice owner themselves, you don't have a ton of time for marketing, right? You've got maybe a, a quick half hour to listen to this and be like, yeah, 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 that's great. But also there comes a time where you realize that, oh my gosh, I gained this great understanding, but I don't have time to implement it, right? Or I don't have the resources, and oftentimes it is just the time to be able to push this over the edge and get it rolling on its own momentum. And so that's the time where you need to reach out for help and call someone like myself uh, at Innovate Dental Marketing so that we can help you out. You know, you kind of talk about, hey, you know, I listened to that podcast. I had this great idea. You were talking about Invisalign. I want to promote Invisalign as well. And, you know, and I love that what you were talking about, the de demographics, you know, but instead of the college educated female, I was thinking, you know, more towards the, the, the tweens, a little bit younger and maybe including male and female or whatever that is. And then we can really kind of take that message and help you get that in front of the proper audience that you're looking to promote to. So that way you're getting the patients that you want to see and not patients that just show up and that's not comfortable for you to to serve. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that added value. Uh, I hope this kind of helped clarify. We walked through a couple different examples of identifying, you know, the product or the service, the demographic, and looking at various different media to kind of help support that. And then at that point, obviously, the next step would be the, the measuring the return on investment to make sure that all of that planning yielded the appropriate result, the, what you were looking to achieve, right? Uh, we all embark with uh, grandiose plans and have hopeful results, but oftentimes we're never closing the loop to see what the actual results were to see if the consequence that we received was intended or unintended. So that's another big piece of that as well. And again, all of this goes into great detail. I mean, I go into great deal detail on all of this in my book. So if you haven't got a copy yet, go and grab it. And, or if you need, if you're a little more auditory and you need to talk to someone, give us a call. Uh, our number at uh, Innovate is 503-213-4368, and we are here for you. We, we want to see you succeed because when you succeed, we succeed. So I hope that that helped clarify. I hope that helped add value to your strategy. I hope you took some good notes, and I hope it got the juices flowing as far as like, wow, we haven't done a campaign like this, but I know that we're getting some kind of like, you know, special incentive from this provider. Let's, let's really push towards that. And Michael had this great point. Have we ever thought about doing a billboard? or an ad in the sports section or whatever that is, but you know, getting outside of your comfort zone and trying something different, right? That's, that's where your greatest learnings are going to happen is once you start stepping outside of that comfort zone and you start trying new things. So hope you have an amazing day. Again, I'm so grateful for your listenership and uh, reach out to me and let me know uh, if there's anything that you want me to be going into more detail about as well. Have a great day. Take, take care.